Today is July 26th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and we are here to get into this word and for this word to get into us. Let's just allow this word to wash all over us, to cleanse us, to renew us, to ready us for whatever it is that we have to face. Let's be present, let's be mindful, and let's let these words flow through us and then flow out of us to touch and bless the lives of those around us. Let's receive this word, claim it as our own, walk in it, then walk it out. Y'all ready? I know I am. Second Chronicles chapters 17 and 18. Good news translation. Jehoshaphat becomes king. Jehoshaphat succeeded his father Asa as king and strengthened his position against Israel. He stationed troops in the fortified cities of Judah in the Judean countryside and in the cities which Asa had captured in the territory of Ephraim. The Lord blessed Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father's early life and did not worship Baal. He served his father's God, obeyed God's commands, and did not act the way the kings of Israel did. The Lord gave Jehoshaphat firm control over the kingdom of Judah, and all the people brought him gifts, so that he became wealthy and highly honored. He took pride in serving the Lord and destroyed all the pagan places of worship and the symbols of the goddess Asherah in Judah. In the third year of his reign, he sent out the following officials to teach in the cities of Judah, Ben-Hail, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nethanel, and Micaiah. They were accompanied by nine Levites and two priests. The Levites were Shemaiah, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Asahel, Shemaramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tobadonijah. And the priests were Elishama and Jehoram. They took the book of the law of the Lord and went through all the towns of Judah, teaching it to the people. Jehoshaphat's Greatness The Lord made all the surrounding kingdoms afraid to go to war against King Jehoshaphat. Some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat a large amount of silver and other gifts, and some Arabs brought him 7,700 sheep and 7,700 goats. So Jehoshaphat continued to grow more and more powerful. Throughout Judah, he built fortifications and cities, where supplies were stored in huge amounts. In Jerusalem, he stationed outstanding officers, according to their clans. Adna was the commander of the troops from the clans of Judah, and he had 300,000 soldiers under him. Second in rank was Jehohanan, with 280,000 soldiers. And third was Amasiah, son of Zikri, with 200,000. Amasiah had volunteered to serve the Lord. The commander of the troops from the clans of Benjamin was Eliada, an outstanding soldier, in command of 200,000 men armed with shields and bows. His second in command was Jehozabad, with 180,000 men well equipped for battle. These soldiers served the king in Jerusalem, and in addition, he stationed others in the other fortified cities of Judah. The prophet Micaiah warns Ahab. When King Jehoshaphat of Judah became rich and famous, he arranged a marriage between a member of his family and the family of King Ahab of Israel. 
A number of years later, Jehoshaphat went to the city of Samaria to visit Ahab. To honor Jehoshaphat and those with him, Ahab had a large number of sheep and cattle slaughtered for a feast. He tried to persuade Jehoshaphat to join him in attacking the city of Ramoth in Gilead. He asked, Will you go with me to attack Ramoth? Jehoshaphat replied, I am ready when you are, and so is my army. We will join you. Then he added, But first, let's consult the Lord. So Ahab called in the prophets, about four hundred of them, and asked them, Should I go and attack Ramoth or not? Attack it, they answered. God will give you victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Isn't there another prophet through whom we can consult the Lord? Ahab answered, There is one more, Micaiah, son of Imlah, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good for me. It's always something bad. You shouldn't say that, Jehoshaphat replied. So King Ahab called in a court official and told him to go and get Micaiah at once. The two kings, dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing place just outside the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets were prophesying in front of them. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Chinana, made iron horns and said to Ahab, This is what the Lord says, With these you will fight the Syrians and totally defeat them. All the other prophets said the same thing. March against Ramoth and you will win, they said. The Lord will give you victory. Meanwhile, the official who had gone to get Micaiah said to him, All the other prophets have prophesied success for the king, and you had better do the same. But Micaiah answered, By the living Lord, I will say what God tells me to. When he appeared before King Ahab, the king asked him, Micaiah, should King Jehoshaphat and I go attack Ramoth or not? Attack, Micaiah answered, of course you'll win. The Lord will give you victory. But Ahab replied, when you speak to me in the name of the Lord, tell the truth. How many times do I have to tell you that? Micaiah answered, I can see the army of Israel scattered over the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these men have no leader. Let them go home in peace. Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, I told you that he never prophesies anything good for me. It's always something bad. Micaiah went on. Now listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne in heaven with all his angels standing beside him. The Lord asked, who will deceive Ahab so that he will go and get killed at Ramoth? Some of the angels said one thing and others said something else until a spirit stepped forward, approached the Lord and said, I will deceive him. How? The Lord asked. The spirit replied, I will go and make all of Ahab's prophets tell lies. The Lord said, go and deceive him. You will succeed. And Micaiah concluded, this is what has happened. The Lord has made these prophets of yours lie to you, but he himself has decreed that you will meet with disaster. Then the prophet Zedekiah went up to Micaiah, slapped his face, and asked, Since when did the Lord's Spirit leave me and speak to you? You will find out when you go into some back room to hide, Micaiah replied. Then King Ahab ordered one of his officers, Arrest Micaiah and take him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Prince Joash. Tell them to throw him in prison and to put him on bread and water until I return safely. 
If you return safely, Micaiah exclaimed, then the Lord has not spoken through me. And he added, listen everyone to what I have said. The death of Ahab. Then King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to attack the city of Ramoth in Gilead. Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, As we go into battle, I will disguise myself, but you wear your royal garments. So the king of Israel went into battle in disguise. The king of Syria had ordered his chariot commanders to attack no one else except the king of Israel. So when they saw King Jehoshaphat, they all thought that he was the king of Israel, and they turned to attack him. But Jehoshaphat gave a shout, and the Lord God rescued him and turned the attack away from him. The chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel, so they stopped pursuing him. By chance, however, a Syrian soldier shot an arrow which struck King Ahab between the joints of his armor. I'm wounded, he cried out to his chariot driver. Turn around and pull out of the battle. While the battle raged on, King Ahab remained propped up in his chariot facing the Syrians. At sunset, he died. Romans chapter 9 verse 25 through chapter 10 verse 13. This is what he says in the book of Hosea. The people who were not mine, I will call my people. The nation that I did not love, I will call my beloved. And in the very place where they were told, you are not my people, there they will be called the children of the living God. And Isaiah exclaims about Israel, even if the people of Israel are as many as the grains of sand by the sea, yet only a few of them will be saved. For the Lord will quickly settle his full accounts with the world. It is as Isaiah had said before, if the Lord Almighty had not left us some descendants, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Israel and the Gospel so we say that the Gentiles, who were not trying to put themselves right with God, were put right with him through faith, while God's people, who were seeking a law that would put them right with God, did not find it. And why not? Because they did not depend on faith, but on what they did. And so they stumbled over the stumbling stone that the scripture speaks of. Look, I place in Zion a stone that will make people stumble, a rock that will make them fall, but whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. My friends, how I wish with all my heart that my own people might be saved, how I pray to God for them. I can assure you that they are deeply devoted to God, but their devotion is not based on true knowledge. They have not known the way in which God puts people right with himself, and instead, they have tried to set up their own way, and so they do not submit themselves to God's way of putting people right. For Christ has brought the law to an end, so that everyone who believes is put right with God. Salvation is for all. Moses wrote this about being put right with God by obeying the law. Whoever obeys the commands of the law will live. But what the scripture says about being put right with God through faith is this. You are not to ask yourself who will go up into heaven, that is to bring Christ down. Nor are you to ask who will go down into the world below, that is to bring Christ up from death. What it says is this. 
God's message is near you, on your lips and in your hearts. That is the message of faith that we preach. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from death, you will be saved. For it is by our faith that we are put right with God. It is by our confession that we are saved. The scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. This includes everyone because there is no difference between Jews and Gentiles. God is the same Lord of all and richly blesses all who call to him. As the scripture says, everyone who calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. Psalm 20, a prayer for victory. May the Lord answer you when you are in trouble. May the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from his temple and give you aid from Mount Zion. May he accept all your offerings and be pleased with all your sacrifices. May he give you what you desire and make all your plans succeed. Then we will shout for joy over your victory and celebrate your triumph by praising our God. May the Lord answer all your requests. Now I know that the Lord gives victory to his chosen king. He answers him from his holy heaven and by his power gives him great victories. Some trust in their war chariots and others in their horses. But we trust in the power of the Lord our God. Such people will stumble and fall, but we will rise and stand firm. Give victory to the King, O Lord. Answer us when we call. Proverbs chapter 20 verses 2 and 3. Fear an angry king as you would a growling lion. Making him angry is suicide. Any fool can start arguments. The honorable thing is to stay out of them. Okay, so today in the Old Testament, we had another one of those instances that was funny, but it wasn't supposed to be funny, at least to me. Then the prophet Zedekiah went up to Micaiah, slapped his face, and asked, Since when did the Lord's Spirit leave me and speak to you? And then Micaiah responds and says, You will find out when you go into some back room to hide. And then what I heard was, You gonna fool around and find out. And then King Ahab ordered one of his officers to arrest Micaiah and take him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Prince Joash, told him to throw him in prison and put him on nothing but bread and water until he came back safely. And then Micaiah says, if you return safely, then the Lord has not spoken through me. And then he adds, listen, everybody, to what I have said. And then the very next words in this translation are, the death of Ahab. I mean, there was no heads up. We just got this spoiler alert. And I just think that jarring transition is like Ahab thinks that he's coming back safely. And the Bible was like, nope, the death of Ahab. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the treasure that it is. We thank you for its wisdom, for its guidance, Lord. And we even thank you for the humor. Lord, we pray that you would just help us to stay humble and keep our hearts right, Lord, even in the midst of difficult circumstances and tough times. Lord, we know that you'll always be with us, and we thank you for the reminder that we are never alone. Lord, we ask that you would help us to let go of anything that is weighing us down today, anything hindering our ability to show up and do the work that we have been called to do. 
Lord, I pray that everyone who hears this pray would feel your love and acceptance. I pray that they would know that they are enough just the way that they are. I pray that they would experience the freedom to be all that you have created them to be. Lord, go before us today and make our paths straight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And our affirmation, there is a benefit and an opportunity in every experience I have. And our aphorism, no change of circumstances can repair a defect of character. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this epic adventure with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.